You now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about is switching. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D Ray Brinson. And you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. Go over to thesonicbreakdown.com now and check out our articles and reviews. The latest article that we have out now is what to wear to the Black Panther premiere. Um, a lot of people are saying they're going to wear dashikis and everything, which is great and fine, but there's a lot more to African fashion than just dashikis. So go to our uh, thesonicbreakdown.com and check out that article. You can find out great uh, clothing lines like uh, Dayuno, Okeri Collections, as well as the Pocket Square Project. For more information, like I said, go to thesonicbreakdown.com and check it out. But let's get into uh, today's episode. We're going to talk, it's going to be another Let's Talk About a segment, which uh, you know that means we're going to interview an artist or um, somebody that is a creative. And today's going to be specifically over Quinn Isaiah Thomas. A lot of you might not know him as GQ. So welcome. Thanks for coming on, man. Man, thanks for having me, man. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, just to let people know, I'm going to give them a little bit of background um, and, you know, let me know if any of this is uh, not correct. Um, but you're from Oakland. Some of the information that I saw is that you, you were writing and rapping for a minute, but you kind of like kept it to yourself. And then um, you went to uh, UNC for basketball. And then that's kind of when uh, like your artistry like took off even more. Is that correct? Is right, that a, right. a good synopsis of a uh, kind of a, a quick synopsis of your journey? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um I think music was just music was something that I always enjoyed. Mm. You know, I love listening to music. My mom used to tell me stories about like when she was pregnant with me, how uh, her and my dad or my dad used to sometimes put headphones on my mom's stomach <laughs> and like play different genres of music, like all different types of music. But so like growing up, I just loved music and I loved to write. But I never, I never, you know, in a million years thought I would be with somebody like Jamla or actually be an artist. And uh, and rapping and making music, but then I went to school in Carolina, and after I graduated, still had a passion for basketball. But met ninth, mm. and ever since then, it's it's just turned into something that's that's been um, something I love doing, and it's been another passion of mine, I, and I'm enjoying it. I got you. I want to go back a little bit, and um, when you said that you you just enjoyed writing, you don't hear that often, especially now nowadays. Uh, people are going away from reading, and uh, you know, like the art of writing. Um, right. What do you think will kind of like foster that in you? I just always like being creative. Mm. You know, I, I like always like, um, just trying to stretch not only my mind or my imagination, um, but, but people who might be able to read it gotcha. or, you know, if it's music, they hear it. Um, so even when it comes to me and, and writing, it was just fun to be able to create, like it may sound weird, but like in school, like say for English class, for example, my favorite assignment, uh, my favorite assignments would be the ones where you can just create whatever you, your own imagination or a teacher might give you a little base mm -hmm. and then you go from there. That was fun to me because it was like, all right, I could take this wherever my mind wants to go. Oh, wow. Um, and I feel like there's, there's no limit to writing. Like there's no, people who've been writing their, their entire life and are probably authors um, directors of movies, screenplays, and they continue to write and still improve and find different ways to express themselves or express somebody else. So that's just what I've always loved about the actual art of writing in itself. I got you. And when did you when did you realize you were a creator? Because I feel like there there's a lot of people out there that don't know their their gift, their passion, their craft, and you know some of them go through their whole life and never find it or realize it or actually um, you know put work into it. Right. And so I think it's, it's lucky that the, the few of us that do realize what our passion is or what our purpose is or what our, you know, our gift is and then get to manifest it and, and, and work on it. When did you realize that? Because I think that's a that's a gift in itself of understanding, um, you know, I you know, fully agree. Um, I don't think I really I don't think I really realized that it was really a gift until maybe a few years ago. Oh, wow. um, I, I always knew that I had some type of ability and talent my friends or i would i would freestyle and just you know play around rapping growing up ever since i was a kid or um around my teammates even at, at carolina mm -hmm. and when i was in school they started sending a lot of my teammates started me sit, sitting me down one by one and saying man i know you you know love basketball you love have a passion for it but i think you have like a real gift with music mm -hmm. and 
even during college, it would go through one ear and out the other. I, mm-hmm. I didn't pay it any mind. But I think once I graduated from school and I met Knight and and everybody else that's on JAMA right now, for the mm-hmm. most part, it got to a point where those raps that I was making or even poetry and stuff that I was creating, it became where I wasn't just rhyming words now. Now I was really saying how I was feeling or I can't sleep at night because this uh, specific subject is on my heart or on my mind. And I wouldn't be able to sleep until I clear my head, whether it's musically or just, you know, writing it down on paper. And then that's when recently I can honestly say, cause I just went on a wisdom is power tour with Rhapsody mm. and that was my first tour. Um, I've traveled different places and like going to Japan with them um, and London, but this is my actual first tour um, in the U S. So to have, you know, fans and supporters or different people who might may not have even known who I was before the show, prior to the show, and come to me after the show and say, like, um, man, I that specific song touched me, whether it be a do you or mm-hmm. like away from here on East Fourteenth when yeah. I had two people actually walk up to me and say who were weren't even together, like back to back, but this young lady walked up to me and she said, You know, I had a cousin who was killed a week ago. Oh, wow. To me seeing the show and another one, uh, a guy, I forgot where he's from. I want to say San Diego. Um, and he was just saying how a friend of his had committed suicide mm. and had left a daughter behind. And things like that, you know, sometimes, because I'm human, so sometimes I've had multiple times where I didn't, I wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or felt like, you know, is this really for me? But I feel like certain things that just God blesses in our lives and he, he places things in front of us to allow us to see like, okay, maybe I am doing this for a bigger purpose than, than what I see right now, you know? So, um, it, I, I just enjoy it, man. I, I can't stress it enough to where being able to do something that you love to do, it touches people in a positive way or it helps people get through a situation or even if it's just going out and it makes people feel good, you know, um, that's a, that's a great feeling for me. So, I think I'll say a few years ago is when I really realized like it was more than just me writing raps and you know I, I could see the creative side in it. I think that's I think that's um, amazing and that's some one of the things that I talked about on uh, the last call podcast that I did uh, about that idea of whatever your craft is, whatever your your profession, whatever your skill, whatever your talent is that and your body's telling you you know this is what I really enjoy doing and you do right. it and then you. We all have those doubts. We all have those moments where we're like, man, I'm not seeing the payoff of all the work that I'm putting in. Right. And then you get those little those little gems, like you said, of, you know, the the fans coming up to you and you saying, you know, this specific song. It's not a generic statement. This specific song helped me in this specific situation. And, right. you know, that's showing you that, like you said, that your craft, your art is touching people, which means that regardless of if anybody else says anything or anything else, you're doing something right. Because it's touching right. people in a positive way, you know what I'm saying? So it's helping them in a positive right. way. And I think anytime you're doing something positive for somebody else, especially somebody else that's not necessarily doing something for you, I think that's always a good thing. True. And, and I'll be honest, man. Like, I I didn't want to rap at first. Like, when people <laughs> were telling me to, like, I met Ninth. And Ninth never forced it or anybody in general never forced it upon me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they would ask, like, when I first met Ninth, and he was like, man, what you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I'm fresh out of college at the time. I was 22 at the time. But now just looking back on it, you know, almost 10 years later, I'll be 32 um, the end of February. It's just dope to see, you know, the places that we've already been mm. and still feeling like it's, well, it's not feeling, still knowing it's just the beginning, you know, especially for somebody like uh, myself who's still an upcoming artist. But, I feel it's getting the recognition and, and the notice from, from people and people are, are liking it, you know, loving it. Um, so it's a positive thing, you know, man. So I just trying to, I just want to keep getting better and improving. That's all. Yeah. Some of the things that I do notice in that to me is, is very similar to Rhapsody's path that I kind of see in, in, in your path so far, at least anyways, is right. with death threats and love notes and then rated Oakland. Right. The sounds on there are very, to me, very, um, you can tell that you put time into your craft and then it's well thought out. You're not just throwing out there to say, hey, let me see, can I get a buzz off this? Things of that nature. And I saw the same kind of deliberate approach with Rhapsody right. from Ninth Wonder. And I also see the fact that 
also the artists that you're that are featured on your project. Right. Because I, I remember seeing just a list recently of the features that Rhapsody has been with, you know, Black Thought, um, Kendrick, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Jay Electra, right. uh, Jay Electronica. Um, and it goes on and on and on. And now she's now just getting the notoriety. You know what I'm saying? Like people right. known about her, you know, but now like the the world is seeing her now. Right. I kind of see that's where th- that's where the trajectory of your career is looking. It's just that, like I said, I didn't know about you until I heard you on um, Rhapsody's Layla's Wisdom. Right. And then when I heard that, I was like, just like I didn't know about Rhapsody until I heard her on Complexions from Kendrick. And right, like, right, right. That, that's the beautiful thing about music to me is, like I said, with, with her is like Kendrick put me on her. And then from that right. from that song only, I went and through all her discography and I was like, yo, no, this wasn't no fluke on Complexions. She's been a right. beast. <laughs> She's continually <laughs> right, making right these projects and they're all like they're continuously good. Like right after that, I got uh, Beauty and the Beast. So I just kept on following and it was a result of that cross thing the same thing with right. you i heard you on her album and i was like yo this dude's dope let me go check out his discography and see if he's consistent because for me that's the biggest thing about being consistent giving consistent right. good quality work it doesn't have to sound the same it doesn't have to have the same content it doesn't have to be uh in the same pocket but that it's consistently good quality and right, that's what right, i right. that's what i saw when i went back to your discography as well with death threats and love notes being the first one and then rated oakland but right. all three albums have a different sound and a different feel. So it shows the evolution of you as well, which I thought was pretty interesting. And that's why, again, I compare you to Rhapsody in that regard of that journey. I'm seeing you guys growing. And it's just good to see that you guys are getting that recognition and continue to get more recognition that I think you guys deserve. Do you see any comparisons yeah. between your careers? I do. Like, um, I always tell um, people close to me or when I have the opportunity um, I had a, I played basketball pretty much my whole life, but in high school I played with uh, a teammate by the name of Leon Poe at yeah. Oakland Technical High School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we played against so, him because I went to Logan. Okay, all right, cool. So you know Leon. Yeah. Um, so with Leon, man, like I, I feel like I was always a pretty talented player and, and, and was fortunate enough to play with different talented players. But like with Leon, he was highly recruited at Tech at, at that time, mm-hmm. and I just got to Tech ninth, ninth grade. Uh, Leon was playing with the soldiers, of course. AAU circuit just going crazy. <laughs> playing with LeBron at the time for the soldier with the soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, so Leon was like bringing so much attention to Tech, like a lot of attention. Um, and what a lot of people may not even know is that we went to a tournament my sophomore year, tenth uh, grade year at Tech in Florida, and that's the first time Coach Williams saw me play. Oh wow! He was he was at Kansas at the time. Um, quick in, you know, in in there for everybody out there. He's talking about Roy Williams, the coach. Yeah, <laughs> coach Williams, yeah. Roy Williams, everybody. Sorry, yeah, everybody not on that. On yeah, the, yeah, on my bad, side, my bad. So. Um, no, that's right. I just Roy had a feeling. Williams, yeah, <laughs> the head coach for uh, North Carolina now, uh, Roy Williams, used to be the head coach at Kansas, mm-hmm. and that's where he first saw me um, as a basketball player. And when I was in high school, but that was due to Leon because he was rec- he came to see Leon play. Ah, I got you. you um, so. It's funny because, and I, I don't even think I've had this story with Ninth yet. I think I will have the story with him soon. But that's how I see Rhapsody right now. Mm. You know, it, it's kind of like a parallel because it's like, it's funny because everybody everybody doesn't always have that ability to always see the big picture. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes just we as humans, we're not always patient enough. Or, you know, you see somebody else maybe getting shine mm-hmm. or attention and you're like well i deserve that or i'm talented and very much so it may be but it's just like that's that person's time and that's that person's season you know and you never know how that person's time in that season is could be helping you exactly you know so i just look at it where as crazy as crazy as it, it may sound just coming full circle like she's my leon poe right now <laughs> <laughs> Like Jamla is my Oakland Tech right now, um, yeah. and that's that's just how I've seen it. So it's like, and I've always been kind of a role player in my head mm. mentally, even even in at and definitely in, at school when I got to college, I definitely became a role player of, of learning how to play a role. But when I was in high school, it was almost like, you know, I was always the the person with the, the, the starting role or this and that, but I always try to carry myself like we all have to play our role, though. Mm. You know, that's that's what's better for the better in the team. And I think that's the dope thing with Jamla. You know, like, 
it's crazy because rap is like everybody's biggest cheerleader, you know, <laughs> even in the position that she's in, you know, like we were getting ready to go to the Grammys and everybody, you know, we just went down there this weekend in New York to mm -hmm. support her. And she was trying to make sure everybody was situated with, you know, travel and, and, and rooms and everything like that. We like, Man, yeah. Enjoy your just moment. Go chill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Just go chill. Like we'll take care of everything. Yeah, we, we good. We good. But that, right, we straight. You know but that speaks like, to that speaks to her heart, like you said. Um, definitely, it's good to see that good people that that have good hearts that also put in the work in their crafts are, are are getting that shine. Definitely. So I mean, that's that's how we. I always tell people, you know, when it comes to her, if you love her music, if you're ever fortunate enough to come in contact with her, you'll love her even more. Mm. You know, because she's she's just. She's a genuine, genuine sweet person, you know, and she always just wants the best for everybody. And she's, she's a beast on that microphone, man. Yeah, like, she she's is. an animal. Yeah, she she's is. an animal. So, um, it's, I'm just, I'm just fortunate, you know, to be around somebody like her, ninth, and, and the rest of my Jamla family, like every day, just to learn so much and grow, grow from them. I wanted to ask you something in regards to that. Actually, is one of the things that I saw early um, when I saw this interview that Nine did and he was talking about you specifically and he was like basically that you're his secret weapon. Like right. wh what, do you, what do you think that he meant by that and how do you view that? And, and did that add added pressure to you, do you feel? Or was it something that you felt like you can embrace? Like how did that all go about? You know, honestly, I never felt any extra, extra pressure from it. It's funny you brought mm -hmm. it up because uh, my dad, the first time my dad saw the interview and he, he showed me and he was just like, like what knife feels you like his secret weapon at Jamla? Like, <laughs> why is that? Um, but I think I think I never really asked Knife. Mm -hmm. I mean, we me and Knife talk mm -hmm. all the time about different stuff, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but I never specifically asked him about that. But I I, I want to say if I just had to guess, mm -hmm. I think it was just because I I think I'm that kind of unique, different part of Jamla. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of it just has to do with me just being from the town. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, um, or even the situation of being a ball player that can actually rap at this level, you know, yeah. be because of, you know, There's what we've seen through past <laughs> exactly. of ball players. Exactly. And we, we're, we know, won't go into um, that, though, but we'll leave that where it is. But yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, mean, I, mean now, I mean, now you have the uh i mean not even now but Shaq went platinum of course you have dame who's yeah. rapping and, and can rap and, and you know different stuff like that so yeah so it's, it's not like ball players can't rap but we had the uh more that couldn't rap or, or people yeah. weren't paying attention to yeah they, um, they, they already built a stereotype based off of what we've seen right so so in people's heads they already have this idea of if a basketball player says that he wants to rap, we already go, oh, it's going to be whack. It's going to yeah, be weak. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be. <laughs> so. And that's how, that's, how, that's how it was for me um, for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, even now, there's still a lot of people that don't know who Q is or GQ is. And they may hear about the North Carolina story before they hear about the JAMA story. So, mm -hmm. And then they already the playing case, that perceived notion right. that it got you. So you're breaking, you have to break those stereotypes already. So, Right. So, um for me, it's like I used to be hesitant to even tell people that I was doing music. Like, mm. or people sometimes people would be like, "Oh yeah, I heard you rap. How are you?" I'd be like, oh, "I'm cool." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's almost like they come back, kind of like, "Wait, wait, you just said you were cool. Like, I really like your stuff." You know, for some people. So, mm. um, I think as far as the secret weapon thing, I think it's just I think I have just a unique thing about me. You know, being from Oakland, um, and then also at the time when that specific interview was released mm -hmm. i was back home a lot too oh, okay so it would be a lot of things like jamla would have shows or different events and then usually everybody else would be there i'd be the only one that wasn't there mm. so i was kind of like he's like i got something hot waiting yeah yeah <laughs> it was like i was kind of like the mysterious guy maybe you know <laughs> um but i think now it's just that, especially with me moving back to carolina i just moved back last year okay um being closer to the label and and everything else I think now it's it's less of a secret. <laughs> I think it's less of a secret now, and I think it's more so like people just you know wanting to hear more and see more. But um, definitely a lot in store and coming, man, and and you know. Okay. But it's a good feeling, though. Good feeling. The, well, the, I'll tell you the way that I took it when I when I first saw it is uh the the way that I took it, especially after hearing your music, it was like you said more uh, of touching on. There's something about what 
what Jamila has already in their artist pool that you're right. different from. Not to say that any of those other artists are like each other. They all have right, their own right, specific right. spaces, but yours is different than theirs, just like theirs is different right. than yours. And I, I do True. definitely hear that in your sound. Um, of course, the production is going to be uh, has a has a they have a specific sounding properties that they use, but it doesn't right. sound the same. Like your album does not sound like Rhapsody's album to me. Right, um, right. But you can tell, okay, yeah, ninth, <laughs> ninth crisis, yeah, the, the producers are the same, but the the production is different as well. Um, and and I, I, I'll be honest, I think even again, not to go back, but mm-hmm. I think it's just dealing with the region I'm from. Mm-hmm. You know, That's, it's yeah. just the sound, the that, sound of music. You know, where um, like Jamla, we all know Jamla is um, based off boom bap, mm-hmm. but I always tell people that may not know it, but it's like Jamla's version of boom bap can be very widespread because of the soul council and how talented the artists are. Yeah. So it's like our boom bap is not just your, always just your regular boom bap. Like we could take it many, many different levels. And not like Knife had always told us, like we can, we can weave in and out of lanes easily. Mm. You know, we're, like we're, we're very talented. We're, we're gifted enough to be able to do that. But then it adds something else when, okay, you have this artist who's specifically from this region mm-hmm. and they have this sound, whether it be the Bay Area, Oakland, or just the West Coast. Yeah. So then you, you know, you add and you implement different things from that. And that, then it, it, it makes it even more interesting when maybe, you know, now you have a Terrace Martin who's from LA, but he has that West Coast sound mm-hmm. who can also still do boom bap and still do the other stuff and then mesh it with so so. We just have a lot of fun, man. We we experiment with a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with just the region and, and just me as a person, too. Yeah. Uh, that that was the other thing that I wanted to, to touch on as well is I definitely agree with you as well as at the region. Because some people, like I said, about the, the Soul Council, Ninth Wonder Crisis, they might say that the sound is the same or similar. But right. there's a production on uh, East 14th. And then I can specifically hear Bay Area sounds that you that I never heard in um, when they did production for Rhapsody or they did production for, right. you know, when they worked on um, production for Mac Miller on a previous album that he they did with him. Like there's different sounds. Right. And I can hear specific like Oakland Bay Area like energy off the Sonic properties in East 14. That's why I can say that there is very different sounds as well right. as um, I also think a part of the secret weapon, too, is just your diversity. And actually, I think right, that, right. that's another key that I felt, especially that was, um, let's get into a little bit East 14 now, actually, while, while we're okay. talking about it, is um, that I saw that was different from Death Threats and Love Notes and uh, Rated right. Oakland. With East 14th, I've just felt like you expanded on the diversity of sounds that you're going over. And mm-hmm. it made it more, I don't want to say, it made it more accessible to others that weren't from the Bay for me, like if, because I grew up in a lot of different places, so I feel like I hear a lot of different sounds differently than people that, like somebody that's specifically from New York, somebody right. that's specifically from the Bay Area. They'll they'll pick up on maybe, you know, little intricacies that I might not pick up because you have to be specific to that area. But it right. also gives me the freedom to hear different aspects of it. So like on some of the production, it does sound more East Coast-ish in some of the productions. But again, like I said, I hear East Oakland sounds in there especially right. when you add the way that you your flow changes and your tone changes right um, right the, like i was playing it for a friend that's from oakland and he didn't see the name he, he, he didn't he hasn't heard he didn't hear, hear your album before and he was like hey where's this guy from he must be from the bay <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, he was like he's like because uh there was a line um about rosters with dreads and he uh right. and he picked up on that he's like oh yeah he must be from the bay <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, yeah. That's one of the things that I like about it is that even if you weren't from the Bay, you hear that line. That line makes sense. One, yeah, yeah. but if you're from the Bay, it takes a whole different tone, a whole different meaning. You know what I'm saying? So like, True. it's still accessible to people that aren't from the area, but it has some intricacies that if you are from the area that you pick up, you're like, oh, uh, when you, you still say, get it. Yeah, when you say Roy Williams at a Mac game, some people might not get it. They get it that you know it's Roy Williams from UNC watching you play right. at a basketball game, but they don't get that Mac. That Mac changes that whole line for those <laughs> in, in the yeah. town. You know what I'm saying? That changes the whole right. line or the whole field. So right. things like that. So I wanted to ask you, how big of an influence do you think the Bay Area has on your music and in the direction on which you take your music? 
Um, well, for me, first and foremost, like home is everything to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I take home with me everywhere. I, I just feel like Oakland and, and the Bay Area is. We come from a prideful place. Mm-hmm. You know, like we come from one of those places. Like we could talk all the all the stuff about our own home, but the minute somebody else says something about it, it's all bad. We're going, <laughs> we, it's all bad. We're going fifty-one fifty. Um, but for me, I feel like I want to be that artist. And again, this is this is just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like. As musically, the Bay Area, I feel like a lot of times we put ourselves in a box. Mm-hmm. We put ourselves in a box. And even when it comes to sounding or the way we rap or... And, and it's... Sometimes it bothers me because we have so, so, so many talented artists. Yeah. So many talented people. Um, a lot that I don't even know by always name. But I just know we have so much talent in the Bay Area. So for me, one thing that I knew separated me... Uh, from a lot of just Bay Area sounding music was just lyricism. Mm. That was just one thing that I knew just off top before I even got into Death Threats, Ready to Open, anything. Like, I'm big on lyrics, and, and I like, I enjoy making people think. Like, it, it's dope for me when I perform or even when I'm playing music for people I know are complete strangers. And when I can see people either have their eyes closed, bobbing their head, or they hear a line and they, they laugh or they smirk or they shake their head or, you know, just stuff like that. Or even press, if I'm in a car with somebody and they press stop and then press rewind, like, man, we got to run that back. That's how I know that, okay, you're listening, yeah. you know. Um, but as far as the sound, the beauty of it, like, Ninth has always, and Jam as a whole has always just been like, man, they've pushed, they've pushed Oakland, you know, because even when it came to East 14th, um, just the title of the, the actual mm-hmm. project. I had different titles. I always have a whole bunch of different titles for, for all my projects or uh, things that I think I want to, um, ideas I think I want to have for a title. And what happened was I was telling Knife we were in the studio one night and I was telling him different titles. He was like, you know, that was cool, but he was like, I think you should just keep it based on home for right now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you, I don't think you, well, not, I don't think, but him and somebody else, when I first got to Jamla, long story short, they asked me, what's one thing that you think separates you from a lot of artists or will make you a big artist? And at the time, I was like, I don't know. And the guy said, just the fact that you're from Oakland, people will want to listen. Yep. Now, how long you keep them listening is <laughs> determined by you after that. But yeah. just because you're from Oakland, people are going to be like, it's, it's like, you know, it's a respect factor. Like, oh, well, he's from, you know, you hear certain places like, oh, well, let me check it out. Yeah. So at least I'll me, give it a listen. At least I'll give right, it a listen. At least, I, at least I'll give it a listen. So for me, it was just like, I want to always remain me mm. and just expand what we already have at home. So for me, my goal is to be like, not necessarily take the Bay Area sound away, but just enhance it. And no, we, no, we also have this sound too. Yeah. You know, like we also, because... I mean, if you listen to the old music, is whether it be the old Too Short or Loonies and and, and other stuff, yeah. we were rapping over a lot of they were rapping over a lot of samples of quote unquote boom bat beats back then. It yeah. was just think about the far, far side. Yeah, of course, you know. Um, so it was just like it was just our version, mm-hmm. and and then it went to the hyphy moving and this and that. But I think after a while, we just got caught up in a box, and then sometimes we we become the followers as far as our region we we see that and we'll be like oh well let's do that now and so for east 14th i just wanted to do something for home like i had home on my mind um the good and the bad and while when i came back to carolina and started recording i was like i want to make something for home that everybody can relate to yeah i didn't want to overthink it and like what you just said earlier i think it i think it came out that way you know, I think you could be from Detroit, you could be from New York, you could be from Brazil, a whole other country, and never even been to Oakland. But I think you could still relate to everything. That that was one of the the things that I um, that I said on um because we put you, I think it was number seven in our top ten albums of last year. I think you were number seven in the Rhapsody was number six, I believe. Okay. Um, and uh, that was one of the reasons that I put you there is the fact that it felt accessible to everybody outside of the Bay. But again, like I said, if you're from the Bay, there's so many little nuggets. And, and that's what added to the high replayability for me 
is every right. time I hear it, there's a new line that I hear that I, I heard before. And it's not that I didn't get the line, but I took it in a different meaning when you take into the context right. of being from the Bay or uh, certain things like that. It's just like there's little lines in there again, but I enjoyed the line prior to even taking it from the perspective of somebody that lives and is from the Bay. Um, so right. I think that added so much to it as well as the sounds and the, the energy because a lot of the sounds to me were lower energy and lower BPM, uh, which is right. in, in my wheelhouse of sounds and, and, and that I like. But mm -hmm. and that's what added to the, the Oakland feel of it is the energy that you would put on certain tracks. You didn't put them on all the tracks so it didn't have a monotonous feel. It had dynamics and levels. And right. when you had those moments of high energy in your voice and your delivery, like that's what kept on coming back to my mind was I was like, you know, Oakland, side shows, hyphy movement, that just that energy that's associated with the bay, just like it's it's not even yeah, it's not even a feeling, it's an energy. And right, right. That I felt is encompassed in this project. And so I think that also adds to adding a new demographic, or not necessarily adding a new demographic, but adding a demographic of younger generation that need that energy. But then you right, also right. give the lyricism and the storytelling which is my wheelhouse. Like <laughs> that's why I felt like it, that's why it had a good mix for everybody. Cause it has, like I said, the energy for people that need that high energy. Lyricism for people that need the lyricism, people that storytelling that need the storytelling and it's right. still thought provoking, but still right, good right, music. Right. Like you still feel good about it. Like, cause sometimes it can be too heavy. And I, that was another True. aspect that I felt like you had in there is you broke it up. Um, and the sequencing of it was really nice as you broke it up enough so that those heavy, more um, heavier moments were then uh, elevated and uh, added some levity to the higher energy moments. So it kept that right. balance. How, how was that for you balancing that dynamic of maintaining lyricism? But again, you, it's, it's still entertainment. You want, to have, you want to entertain people. How do you go about balancing that? I just try not to overthink things. Mm. Um, you know, like, I love, like, if I, if I probably could, I'd probably be the artist that just goes in the studio and just try to wrap your face off on every song <laughs> if I could, you know, or just try to always say the wittiest stuff and try to make you think over and over all day, what what did he really mean in that line? But I think over the years, um, I think Nimes just did a great job, man. Like, I can't say it enough. Uh, just through the years, I think it's almost been like a jam to boot camp mm. for us as artists. Um and learning how to make good music, you know, learning how to make good music that people can relate to. And even now, it's it's times while I'm writing or creating, I'm like, I might have a line, I'm like, nah, that's too much. Or I might have a line and be like, nah, that's not enough, you know. But when even when I'm doing that, I'm not doing it for the consumer necessarily. It's just where it's like, it's just a feeling, mm. you know, because I feel like no matter what you put out, somebody's going to like it or somebody's not going to like it or somebody's going to relate to it. Somebody's not going to be able to relate to it. But what's the easiest way for you to be you or be cute and put your music out where you're comfortable with it and then have that feeling where people are coming back. Like for me, even with each 14th and my God brother was the one who thought of each 14th. He like, man, we were sitting there and he was like, just name it each 14th. <laughs> and being from East Oakland, and when he said it, Ninth was just like, that's it. You know, and I was just like, I sat on it like a night, and I was like, yeah, that's it. Um, and for me, it was just like, I thought years down the road, I wasn't even thinking of now, years down the road or whenever, if if I continue to do well as an artist in music or whatever, it could get to the point where now when somebody sees or hears East 14, that's never been an Oakland or Bay Area, they're like, I want to go there. Yeah. You know, and I wanted that feeling. Like, I want people to, Oakland and the Bay Area to be, like, really popping. I want people to come, want to come there. And it doesn't just have to be for me, just in general. It's almost like when Atlanta was rocking with the Falcons and mm. T.I. was putting this out, Jeezy was putting this out, and Luda was putting this out. It's like, man, I want to go to Atlanta right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, or when you hear Jay rap about Marcy Projects, yeah, you, you want know, to go to New York. Yeah, at least want to see you it. You want to go there. You know, you want to see it. So it's like, for me, it feels good to be able. Even even while I was at home during the holidays, you know, I find catch myself like smiling to myself, like, damn, I'm riding down East 14th, <laughs> listening to East 14th. Like, you know, that was a good feeling for me. So, you know, to have people, it's it's a great thing that 
Oakland and the Bay Area love it because that's really who I did it for. And, and to have people, whether they grew up with me or, you know, a complete stranger, just be like, man, I felt every bit of that project. Like, I felt it. But it's even a, a bigger, I say a, a doper feeling at times when it's like somebody who's never been there. And they're like, man, I love Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never been here, but I just love it. Like, I know I love it. Um, but just the stories you put out. So I, I just try to, I try not to overthink it, man, and, and try to have fun with it and, and challenge myself. Mm-hmm. I try to challenge myself as an artist all the time. One of the things that I did want to do with you uh, is is break down some some lines and just go over some tracks that and, and just get some deeper ideas behind it. Okay. The, the, the process with it. And uh, the first line that I, I have to point out, because when I first heard the album, this line stuck out to me and it just was really funny to me. But it makes sense when I'll say it, though. It was um, I got. I got a thing for beats, not the Doug Funny kind. It's not, you know, <laughs> but it's just the the idea of Doug Funny, everybody right. out there, Nickelodeon, like just it brought me back to my youth of a child of watching Doug Funny, seeing Pork Chop, and right. the craziness with the beats all the time. Like, come on, what's up with these beats? But I just you like gotta the, know who the you gotta know who the beats are, man. If you don't know the Honker Burger and everything, <laughs> man, you gotta know the beats. Man. Exactly. And if you don't know uh, Skeeter, then uh, we we ain't rocking. But uh, yeah, we not partners if you don't know who Skeeter is. But I just thought that was really funny, and I just thought it was a real funny line, and that's what I was talking about of adding levity to to certain areas to to bring you back, so you're not. In you know such a I won't say dark place but a heavy place that brought you you right. know lines like that is that bring you back like you know ha that's funny and it, you know still keeps you within the mode of the song um, right uh, like I said the other line that I really enjoyed was the um, I got partners that look like Rastas uh, that shit, it was just like immediately that line you see it in your head especially if you from over right. <laughs> you just right. you in, inst- instantly see pictures in your head a cat's going dumb SI shows like that's what popped into my head I was like oh. Yeah, where, <laughs> right. Where Big Mike at? Like, where the dreads at? Like, that's what yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Use a lot of Bay Area terms in throughout the album, partners, like stuff like that. Like, during the writing process and during you know the recording process, did anybody, especially that wasn't from the Bay, like go to you and be like, I don't get what you mean by like like certain terms like that? Because I know when I lived in Atlanta, and I said partners, they took it a lot differently than we do in the Bay. Right, 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 straight up. <laughs> so um, I was just wondering if anything like that happened during the process with you. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of different now, you know, with Jamla because we're in Carolina, and um, mm-hmm. and I actually have three, three close. They're like brothers to me, basically, besides my actual godbrother. But like, I have an engineer that I pretty much grew up with. Okay, he moved to Carolina with me. Um, so they already, brother. they know the terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying so. But but what I was the point I was trying to make was that with it's four it's four dudes from Oakland out here and we're always in the studio so like they getting hit with town language <laughs> they getting hit with that ism all day like um, so knifing them pretty much it's kind of second nature to them in a lot of sense since like it might be sometimes we might say one or two things and they be like huh <laughs> but then they'll they'll catch on to it or like. Um, like Alpha, we'll we'll catch Ninth saying, or, or just about everybody in Bright Lady and Jamla saying hella now, like <laughs> all the time, you know. And not saying like we were the only ones that said hella, but you no. know, most times the Bay Area is usually or California are usually the only people that say hella. Usually, mostly in the Bay Area for the most part. Yeah, that's true. I found, but, I think I found some people in Detroit. I think that 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 yeah, I noticed that too. A few in, in Detroit say hella too. Um, but now it's like second nature or like um, like partners and, and different stuff like that or, or whatever you may have, different nicknames we yeah. have for stuff. But I think it's, for me, I like it. Like I mean, I think that's dope. Remember, yeah. Yeah, like I, I like I like the fact like an artist like Mozzie, when Mozzie talks, mm-hmm. he talks like Sacramento. Yeah. You yeah. know, and he, he doesn't try to conform to anybody else so that it's like, look, eventually if you listen enough, you're going to understand it. You're gonna get it, you know. It's, um, but yeah, I, I think it's it was just natural. I think um, I don't ever try to change anything. Or sometimes it's funny because sometimes, like if I'm just out, I'll catch myself like, oh, I ain't gonna say this because they're not gonna understand <laughs> what that is. Or, um, you know. But no, I'm 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 just always me when it comes to music. And the dope thing about again with Jamla, like they always just want me to be me. You know, they always they just want 
they want me to be me and bring the best cue out as an artist and the most Oakland I could bring out to a, a dope project, you know, and that's how it's always been. So it makes things flow easy. I mean, that's 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 like it because I've I've heard other artists in in similar situations that say that they don't have that freedom. They don't feel like they can be themselves. That they, you know, so right. I think, like you said, it's about it's about timing, and that you are lucky that you know everything lined up to work in the best manner that would be for you. Um, right. One of the tracks that I would say I would say that was, I guess, resonated really strong was "Take Care," just because of how introspective it was. And as right. well as it just felt really heartfelt, like, and with the title, like, Take Care, you would imagine that it was so. But from the production to your flow to the content, it all matched up perfectly in that in that vein to me. Um, and it took on uh, the, I guess, the the overarching thing that I took from that song was f- uh, the feeling of responsibility. And, like, the, all, all the aspects that that encompasses of responsibilities you have to others, responsibilities you have to yourself and right. the weight that they can have. I imagine that, you know, trying trying to be an artist that's coming, or, or being an artist that's coming from Oakland and s- different than like LA where you have, you know, stars that have solidified and, and, you know, held that down like Snoop, you know what I'm saying? Like the right. Bay Area doesn't have, we, we have Too Short, of course, we have E-40, but they still didn't reach, you know, those pinnacles that you see in New York Atlanta, right. LA, where right. they know the sound of the Bay Area, but they don't have one specific beside well, Mac Dre, I guess, but no right. long term consistent album contents out. Was that anything that you were taking consideration when you were talking about Take Care? About that responsibility? I was. Um and and it's it's funny because I, I never really like I, I never wanted to be fame was not a big part of me wanting to do music. Mm. You know, but I'm, I'm realizing with certain stuff you do, the same with rap, like rap's low-key, knife's low-key, pretty much everybody on Jam is low-key. Mm. But looking from the outside in, you can't necessarily tell because you see them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and rap just had an, an interview on The Breakfast Club, and she said, you know, the same thing, but they asked her, I think it was Charlemagne, and said, did you ever want to be famous? Mm. And her, her answer was a lot kind of like mine, where it was like, I never wanted to be famous. I just wanted to be known for what I do. Mm. Yeah, there's a but big not difference. Necessarily. Yeah, a, a very big difference. I, I wanted to be recognized for what I do. And, you know, fame has fame has its pros and cons. You know, it, could, it might can help you get into a restaurant where you don't, or it might have to let you get into a venue where you don't have to stand in line. But then there's also situations where it's like, well, now that everybody knows me, I might can't even eat at a restaurant without... Yeah. <laughs> people bothering me or I can't even go to the park. Right. I can't go to the park with my, my child and just have a regular day. So it's pros and it's always been pros and cons of fame for me. It's just like, I just want my music to touch everybody. And I know with that, if that happens, fame just comes, you know, is a part of it. But I I want, I want to be, I want to be that artist. I want, I want, I want people to be proud musically of, of that artist from home again. You know, because even when it comes to 40 and short, um, who are definitely legends at what they do, and they've opened doors for mm-hmm. somebody like myself. But it's like, I mean, it's still, we have to go back in time and like, oh, they're short and 40. And yes, they're still making music now, but it's like, they're still, they're the OGs. Yeah. You know, it's like, LA doesn't depend on Snoop no. making music. You know what I'm saying? Because you have Kendrick, you have Nipsey, you have... You have so Schoolboy, many artists, even the game. Yeah, game. I mean, you got all the teams. YG. <laughs> I mean, you have, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so many. And there's going to continue to be more and more artists in Atlanta and New York. Like, mm-hmm. you you have Jay-Z, of course, and you have 50 and you have all of these. But then you have a Davies and, yeah. you know, a diff- uh, other artists. Um, and, and you're going to always continue to have other artists. I feel like we've been in a situation where it's like, well, 40 and and 40 and short have kind of and Mac Dre have kind of only been our big 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 exactly that's, for us for a while yeah you know, that's what I mean is like we're stuck in with that group and it's like not not taking away from that group but it's not at all we not gotta all. like I mean, you said about LA New York Atlanta you gotta stay refreshing that refreshing that group that that pool that we're pulling from and I don't feel like we're yeah. we're, we're necessarily I, getting anything to f- fulfill to take those places because some 
you got to pass down that torch, just like Snoop said about Kendrick. He's passing the torch to Kendrick. And I, I wanted, I wanted, you know, I don't, I don't want to just compete. You know, I'm, a, I'm competitive, yeah. and even when it comes to to music, but it's like I don't want to come just compete with Bay Area artists mm-hmm. or rappers. It's like I want to be recognized with everybody, you know. And I, I told me and my brother, and we always have good talks. And I said, man. Think about from other places besides the Bay Area. I'm like, nobody necessarily says, like, T.I.'s and Atlanta artists. Nope. Or if they do, they specifically say where he's from. Or mm-hmm. they don't say Jay-Z's a New York artist or Rick Ross is a Florida artist. But when it comes to us, it's like, oh, he a Bay Area artist, Bay Area mm-hmm. artist, Bay Area artist. It's like they just put us in a box. And so even for me, again, just being prideful, but it's like it's been times that like, people have been like, oh, well, uh, we have this Bay Area artist with us. And I'm like, nah, Oakland artist. Mm. You know, because for me, it's just like, if you're going to say something like that, let them really know yeah, where, specific. where it is. You know, let them really know. because, And then it gets to the point, I feel, if you're talented enough, then you're out of that box. And people keep, you know, because like nobody says, oh, L.A., Kendrick's an L.A. artist. Nope. Uh, he's he's an international artist, honestly. Yeah, like, not anymore. They used to. In the beginning, right. I remember with Section exactly. 80, they'd be uh, Kendrick, exactly. this, LA, this L.A. rapper, Kendrick. Now they just go Kendrick. They go and I think that, J. Cole. And I think, that, <laughs> I think exactly. You know, I th- but I think it's it's something that I even had to learn over mm. over the time um, as far as just... Because I, I used to... I could, be, I could be honest. I used to get frustrated because I feel like, well, man, like, am I really good enough? Like... Why aren't people listening to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just stuff I had to learn about the game, the industry, the the music industry, and and learning just to have patience and 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 other things that come with it. But I feel it was helpful because now, looking at the situation that we're in, I understand things a lot more. So now, if somebody, whether you were here day one or you know, like yourself, you're like, man, I heard I heard of you from listening to Rhapsody. Like, now it's like I'm appreciative of all of that because I, I'm realizing people are going to hear you at different times. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might only listen to you because you're on a certain platform. Yeah, that's true. But even with that, even with that, it's like, take it for what it is. And, you know, you continue doing you. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I just... I think with the the whole process thus far with music and everything that's gone thus far with everything, I, I think it's really just been a a growth journey. And I think not just I, but we at Jam Lab have grown a lot. And I know I've grown a lot just as an artist, as a man, and just understanding a lot. So I think that's really that's the thing that's really been helping me with my music. You know, not more so. One thing my dad has always told me, like, you understand people a lot more when you understand yourself. Mm. That's very and true. I think this. I think I think I've definitely gone through some different things, both good and bad, in the last years. Where it's like it's helped me know who Q is or know who Quentin is. You know what I'm saying? So I think it just correlates to the music. And I would say, like like I said prior, is I can tell in this album. Again, this was the first album I, I listened to. Um, this was the first album that I went to of yours, and then I went back. Right. And I can I can hear that that change. I can hear I can hear evolution in your lyrics and your storytelling and just the way you chose to go over certain productions. I can hear that, and that to me again shows that you're working on your craft and that you. Not to say that um, uh, the, the first album wasn't good or the second album wasn't right, good. Right, you can right. just see growth, and you want to see growth and elevation and, and changes. Um, right. I definitely I would say um, the storytelling ability. That's again, that's what I go to. That's what that's if you're a good storyteller, you at least get one good you'll get I'll, I'll play your album one time <laughs> at least. Right, right, and right. then we'll take it from there. But that's what, uh, again, hooked me with your album is there, there's so many good stories in there and so many so great lines and concepts. Um, and then, like I said, it's and some of them you get really deep and specific in, in um, I guess, in uh, content that. I feel like some uh, artists are afraid to to touch on because of divisions and size that can be caused um, by it. Like right. um, on a WID, uh, we ate each other more than whites, but we don't yeah. confess to that. Like that line itself, I can see a lot of people saying, "Oh no, I'm not gonna say that." <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, yeah, I know because yeah. I know I'm gonna get some 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 brushback, or I know I'm gonna get some, even though it's a valid is a valid statement to have. Even if you yeah. don't agree with it, you know what I'm saying. Even right. if even if you sure. agree with it or disagree with it, 
you have the right to have that statement. Now let's have a discussion based off that statement. Why do you feel right. that way? Well, this is why I feel that way. But people don't want to have that discussion. So I, I just wanted to, like I said, commend you on that on lines like that that I feel like you're touching on things that people don't want to touch on. I think um, the thing about being an artist is right off gate, you have to know that you have to two things. You're gonna have to hurt and you have to be vulnerable. Mm. And the reason I say you have to hurt is because you're going to have to go and dig in some places that you might didn't want to dig and go to in order to bring out some feelings and emotions to make dope music. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's crazy, but it's like, I feel like a lot of our, a lot of the dopest music that we actually feel comes from pain yeah. or confusion mm-hmm. or not understanding. Um, and for me, one thing that I've noticed, even with people telling me, they like, man, I just love the fact that you're so honest yeah. in your music. Like the day people have to start questioning me as an artist, that's the day I'm like, all right, I'm I'm done. Cause now I feel like I'm I'm trying to make them think I'm something that I'm really not. Mm. But you know, even when it comes to me and, and touching on topics and stuff, I like to make people think. Like even the line you just said, we hate we hate each other more than whites, but don't confess to that. Whether you agree to it or not. There's going to be somebody who's like, damn, he was right. Or, yeah. damn, I didn't think of that. Or I never thought of that. You know, and it just makes, it, that can open up a whole different, that can open up a conversation yeah, in somebody's household. Yeah, just you know, that, just, that line car. in itself. You take you say that at a reunion. Right. <laughs> Boy, you know what I'm saying? So or right. you say that at the barbershop, you say that around a whole bunch of people. Like you said, yeah. at least, there's probably going to be at least one person that's going to be like, hold up. Right. So for me, it's like, that's, that's always my goal, you know, um, and I used to be hesitant on certain lines. There'd be certain lines where I'd be like, nah, I ain't going to say that because that's going to ruffle feathers. Mm. But now it's like, why not ruffle some? And Especially if it's coming from a genuine place. Exactly. You know? I mean, that, but that also to me shows the growth, like you said. And when you know yourself, you know that, like you said, now that you know, you know when you ask these questions or you pose these certain things, it's not, I'm not trying to troll somebody or, or you know, just get a reaction this is how I feel behind it. Right. And it, and if need be, or come push come to push come to shove, I can back up why I felt that way. And we can, like right. you said, now we can have a discussion. Right. But Most definitely. I, yeah. But if you don't have that confidence in yourself or in, in, in the line, or you're still trying to figure out yourself and determine if you really believe this line or you're, you're, if you're really behind it, that might come into play. And then for me, I just, I don't want to be, I think I, I'm. It's, it's going to sound weird. I've be, I've gotten to the point where I've become selfish for the music to where it's like, you know, music is therapeutic for me. Mm. You know, I, I never go into the studio like, all right, well, we got to make uh, a club banger for this, or we got to make this type of music for because the people want this. I go into music making. All right, Quentin, how do you feel today? <laughs> like first and foremost, or it might be a conversation, or somebody close to me might have lost somebody, or. Mm. My cousin might have just had a baby the other day. So now it's like I, that's on my fresh on my mind. But for me, it's like I had an interview maybe a month ago, a month or two ago, and somebody was asking me about East 14th. And they were like, um, we see that you, you know, you talk about depression. Mm-hmm. And even during the interview, they were like, I don't know if you want to talk about it now or if you want to go. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. And for me, it was just like we're all dealing with something. Mm-hmm. So we never know that just exposing how we're going through it, that can help somebody else get through what they're going through. Yeah. Or be confident enough to be like, damn, I'm dealing, I didn't know Q was dealing with that, or I didn't know bro was dealing with that. I'm dealing with that too. Um, That's how I love for my music to be, Mm. where people can learn from it, people can laugh from it. I just, I tell people, whenever you listen to my music, whether it's a song or a project, I want it to always be an experience or a show. I just want it to be an experience. And it's almost like you leave where it's like, I don't even know what that just was, but it made me feel every kind of emotion I've ever felt. No, I, like I said, for me, you definitely get that feeling throughout this project um, several times. You definitely feel like you're definitely feel like you you're getting more personal with you. Again, if you're really listening to, to what you're saying, you learn a lot about you, like, you learn that you have a sister. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, like right. you learn certain things if you really pick up the lines. You learn, you, you would obviously learn if you listen to it that you're from Oakland. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. there's certain things you can't miss, and then there's certain things that you can miss if you're really not paying attention. 
Um, right. One of the things that I did really, really enjoy was the shout out to Guapale on um, Till It's Over. Right. Because uh, Closer, especially, like I said, I'm not, I wasn't born in the Bay, but I spent most of my life in the Bay. So I, I consider right. the Bay my home. Um, when Guapale's Closer came out, that changed the world for me. Like, everything, every, <laughs> like, everything, man. Like, 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 was, we, we, gra- we graduated to Closer. Exactly. Like that, that changed. I was like, Yo, this is like one of the greatest songs ever. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and up. just like the emotional attachment that I have with it, and that I like when I went to Atlanta for college, I made sure anybody that knew that I was from the Bay, they knew about Guapale. Uh, yeah, you know up. what I'm saying? Just because I thought she was so dope, and like I felt like she really embodied Oakland. Um, right. Like just from her presence, just her soulfulness, and right. So I and it wasn't an image that we got to see a lot. Like think right. about what really women do we that that we know like that we just broadcast out from the bay there's not many true and so the fact to have one like like wobble that was giving out such good music and just the the whole aesthetic she to me she had the complete package of the whole delivery so i just wanted to push that and then the the fact that you paid homage uh to that song in particular i just thought it was really dope Uh, like i said it brought me back to high school and college or uh, high school when uh that song originally came out yeah i mean i you and I probably we probably slept closer the same amount of time over a million <laughs> times just, just um throughout our whole life. But um Guapale is somebody and I've never um ninth knows Guap. We've actually been in the same room and stuff like that, but I don't think I've never personally met Guap. Mm. Um but you know, she's just somebody like I was a fan of Guapale growing up. Yeah. You know, um it's crazy not even knowing her, but she just seemed like somebody who had a, a beautiful spirit about yeah, herself. Yeah, yeah, that's the same the same feeling I got. Like she just had a, yeah, it felt like she had a good vibe. Uh, like I want to yeah. chill with you. Let's like, and not yeah, even yeah, not even on up. just on just some like just you know, on, just on cool some people. Stuff. Yeah, like, yeah I'm just, just cool yeah, people like, vibe. Um, but yeah, I I think I I mean if you know if 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 everything came about at the perfect timing, I would love to to one day do some music with Guapale. Um, very talented, of course. Very, mm-hmm. very talented, and 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 icon from where we're at, yeah. um, especially. Um, but that that just goes to show, like, there is so much different talent in in the Bay Area. And for me, it's like I also want to recognize those that inspired me, mm. you know. Or even when I wasn't thinking about music, like, <laughs> yeah. you just helped me get through life, or yeah. you helped me get through class, like, you know. Um, but it's it's dope to see somebody like a Guapale, and then to be able to work with somebody like Annette Brielle, mm, you know, yeah, who yeah, yeah. is is so very, very, very gifted and amazing. And is also just a beautiful spirit, just a beautiful person. You know, so to to be a, to be able to acknowledge but more so be around those type of people and, and making music and doing what you love to do. You know, because even with um Annette Brielle with Stay on East 14. Yeah, that's a that's a Netta great B song some, too. Thank you, man. Netta B is somebody that I've wanted to work with for a long time. Um, but, you know, I, I never I never really knew Netta B personally. Mm. But a close friend of mine, <clears throat> him and Netta B are, are cousins. Like, they're, they're real cousins. So And he happens to be my engineer. So we were recording, and I was like, man, I want a singer on this. And he was like, what you think of Netta B? And I was just like, man... I mean, if we could get Netta B, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, I, and, and I, I was really, I was really saying it because I didn't know Netta B personally, so yeah, he's like, you know, yeah, I wasn't gonna just be, throwing it out there. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not, at least not now. Hopefully, once I get to the level, I probably will be one of the artists where I'll just tweet somebody if I really want to work with them, and if they say no, then cool. Or if they say yes, cool. But I just knew once he said it, I'm like, man, her voice would just, she just blow this song away. And he like, well, I'm gonna reach out to her. He reached out to her, and she was like, she do it. And the, the beauty of it, I'll never forget this. The day she recorded, we recorded it on two different days, so I just recorded my verses. Mm-hmm. The day she came to record hers, I wasn't at the studio. So even to this day, me and Netta B have never been in the studio together. <laughs> you uh, know? Okay, yeah. Um, but the, but the, the chemistry that y'all have on there uh, uh, of the how the sounds me- uh, meld together. It was perfect. Yeah, I, like, I can't. It, it, I can't even imagine how it would sound without air on it. Like it was, it was perfect. I can't. And, and it was funny because he sent it. I listened to it. I'm like, man, she killed it. And I, I, I had um, DM'd her, and I was just like, man, thank you. Like you killed it. And she was just like, no problem. And then 
when I found out I was going on tour and we had a show in Oakland, I hit her up. I'm like, man, would you mind performing stay? Like, would you be interested? She went like, man, I love to. Just let me know. You know, if I'm, in, I'm if I'm not busy or if I'm in home, I'm home. Let's do it. And she came to New Parish, man. That night was just special in itself. But oh, wow. you know, just to be able to to do stay with with Netta B and you know, like I, I, she's just a dope person, man. I, I wish nothing but the best for her. And hopefully, we can make some more music down the road. Yeah, uh, that because that track, the just the vibe on it is it's it's so nineties in in the vibe that it creates, but it's up to date in the in the still with the sound, but in the in the flow and her delivery. Both of y'all like really did a great job, great job on that. And like I said, the vibe on there is so smooth. Thank it's, you. Man. It's really smooth. Um, and like I said, it adds a different dimension to the album um right um which like i said it gives that the, the dynamics that i enjoy through albums i don't want to hear an album that's one one tone uh right one right. feel consistently because life's not like that you know life life is dynamic you have your ups you have your I mean, downs. stay stay for me is like and i love r&b like yeah. i rap but i i that's why i, I, love, I listen to r&b like my rapping and we're laughing my dj face who went on tour with us and rap they were laughing at me sometimes because we'd be on the way to the show and I'd be listening to like Anita Baker or something like that. <laughs> and like, you getting ready for your show? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, like this is how I get ready. Like I did the same thing for who, um, but I just love R&B. So, yeah. I mean, I even talked to Ninth about one day, like I just want to do a whole R&B project. I think, like, it, I think it, I like R&B too. I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, it seems like we, we similar in thought. Cause like when I go work out, I'll, I'll put on some R&B. My brother the other day, R&B hype, yeah, I, yeah, I feel you, we bro. riding in the car. He's like, He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm getting ready to go to the gym. What do you mean? I feel you. We at, that reminds me of that Russell Westbrook commercial. He's like, they said never uh, pregame to slow jams. Right, right. So, but hey, if it if it works for you, it works for you. It's about that sound, it's that feeling, and that that is a great. That's 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 why I like that song so much. Is that R and B feel that you're talking about? Um, Thank you, man. And I really enjoyed how you ended the track with "Away from Here." I just thought that it, it it just kept me. It was a nice way to close it out, as well as making me want like I'm like, oh, now I can't wait for the next project. Right, uh, right. Just because of that feel that it gave, and like I said, it's a really, really dope project, man. I, and I just had to tell people about it, and I'm glad that we got you to uh, for the interview to get more information about the project and to get to know you a little bit more. Um, Thank you, man. I I always I think um I think each 14th I always tell people out of all the different stuff and. I've done other projects even besides um, Rated Oakland, Death Threats, Love Notes, and East 14. But I feel like up to date, I feel like if somebody was to ask me, what project can I listen to of yours and I'll feel like I know you, mm-hmm. I feel like this one is it. I feel like this is the most personal one that I've done thus far, whether it be from the stories or even about myself. And I think that's why it's it's been getting the, the reviews or just the, the, the support and the love that it's been getting thus far because I feel like people feel like, damn, like, I feel like I know him. Even yeah. if I don't, like, I feel like I know him. Or even if I haven't been to the Bay Area or Oakland, I've never driven down East 14th a day in my life. I feel like I've seen all of that stuff before. And that's what I wanted, uh, that's what I wanted to get across. So that's dope. Yeah, man. It's, it's a snapshot of Oakland and a snapshot of you. Um, right, and and it's a combination of putting both of those together. So I definitely right. tell anybody who hasn't checked it out, go check out East Fourteenth. You can I know for a fact you can get it on uh, uh, iTunes because I've been <laughs> I've been blowing that up, <laughs> blowing it up on iTunes. So definitely uh, check out East Fourteenth on iTunes, and while you're at it, go check out Death Threats and Love Notes as well as Rated Oakland. Um, all three projects are really, really good projects. Uh, East, 14th, East 14th, to me, was a great project. Like I said, it made our top seven on um, the uh, top 10 albums of 2017. So if you listen to the Stay Well podcast before, you know what kind of music we listen to. Um, check out that episode, and you'll see that he was against some tough competition because uh, last year was a great year in, in uh, hip-hop, especially. And he came out with a dope project. Uh, do you have? Are you working on... Uh, uh, concert dates or any new projects coming up soon? We have, um, I'm going on tour, um, our Europe tour, where I'm going on a Europe tour with Rap, um, the Wisdom is Power tour, where we're going to Europe okay. from February 27th to March 13th, I believe. So we'll be um, hitting different spots like Amsterdam, Berlin, okay. um, Paris, London. Um, I think we have like 10 or 11 shows out there. 
So we're getting ready for that. Like I said, I'm in the studio right now, so <laughs> just trying to stay busy and, and always wanting to work. Um, but other than that, man, we have a lot of a lot of stuff coming um, musically, even like apparel. Uh, I, I, I'm just trying to be involved with a lot of different things and, and things that we've been or I've been setting up for years mm. that, you know, timing is everything. But um, I think people are really going to be excited about what's to come, especially with how people are receiving East 14th again thus far i think people will be really excited for everything else that's that's about to come so um, i'm just thankful for all the love and support that people have been giving um east 14 jamla you know rap her nomination and, and everything layla's wisdom heather victoria we got uh ruben vinson very talented only 16 well ruben 17 now uh, from charlotte heather victoria is putting something out very soon yeah, the she, Soul Council. Wasn't she featured on your uh, Rated Oakland? She was on Change. Yeah, she was on that, and she's on uh, Change. Oh, your Change Your Life. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And I, she, but, she's dope too. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, we we have a lot of different things coming out, and of course, you know, Nime stay busy. We always call him the the, the 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 busiest man on earth. And then the Soul Council, man, it's it's just they from Eric G to Cash Crisis, E Jones, Amp. Um, not, um, it's just, it's just dope to have people and, and, and a team like Jamla around, man, but it definitely a lot of great things coming in store. So again, just thank you guys for, for having me today. No problem. Um, definitely, uh, when you have your next project or you got concert dates coming out in, in the States, you know, let us know and we'll, uh, put it up, let the listeners know all the state well listeners that are in Europe, because we have some in, uh, the UK, uh, some in Germany, actually some all over. Okay. Um, so all of you out there that are listening, uh, we'll, we'll get those dates up for you as well so that uh, you can go check that that tour out. Because like I said, man, both of these artists are dope. Rhapsody as well as GQ are dope. So if you out there, you got time, you got the money, go get to go to the show. Why not? <laughs> I will. Most definitely. Um, so yeah, we'll get that, we'll get that information up, uh, so that, uh, they can find out ways to get those tickets. And like I said, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, anytime you want to come back, um, you have anything coming up or shoot, you just want to shoot the breeze, uh, you know, um, we'll, we'll get you on and, uh, do another podcast. Man, it's all love, man. Again, man, you guys were, it's, it's been a pleasure today just talking to you guys about everything. And thank you guys again, just for the love and support, man, that you guys have I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys are here from me again. Um, I'll probably be back home in the next couple of months, if not March, then definitely in April. So, okay, yeah, you know, maybe down the road we could we could chop it up again, man. Yeah, that'd be perfect. That'd be great. Um, so, like I said, I want to say thank you to GQ. Check out E14. It's on all the platforms you can think of, and like I said, definitely on iTunes. Um, we want to also thank Jamila. Uh, thank Nine. Thank Rhapsody. Thank everybody for listening first and foremost. And you know our motto live listen to some great music and above all love more we out